Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to uh, another episode of Down in the Valley, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and Natural Beauty Spa. To see our podcast, another USL podcast and articles, be sure to check out uh, their website at bgn.fm. We have a great episode for you tonight, but before we begin, let's start by welcoming the DITV squad back on the show, starting with our co-host, Jacob Young. Jacob, how have you been, bro? Been pretty good, yeah. Looking forward to talking to talking about some soccer, of course. I mean, we got a little bit of it back a couple of weeks ago, so that's very exciting. Just we have to have those final pieces of, well, just MLS before we can have USL, obviously. And then, of course, the Premier League. It might happen. Yeah. It doesn't look like it will. And uh, also, uh, we want to uh, in, or welcome once again – Joining us from South Texas Border Sports is Ray Silva. Ray, how's it going? Hey, good evening, Edson and Jacob. Uh, thanks for having me back once again. It's uh, glad to be back to be talking uh, some USL soccer and some, hopefully some Bundesliga and other soccer stuff going across the globe right now. Definitely. And I, I know right now, we before we were going live, we were talking about uh, this whole ordeal uh, with Monarcas Morelia in Liga MX, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that uh, topic hopefully later on on the show, uh, because first we obviously we got to talk about our 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 local team and the league that that uh, RGVFC is uh, a part of. Obviously, talking about the USL Championship. Um, so, like I said tonight, we have a very important discussion um, that we would also enjoy reading y'all's opinions. So. Be sure to interact with us, you know, give your opinions, give your hot takes. You know, we have the YouTube tab uh, available for you guys to uh, interact with us. You know, do you agree with our takes? Do you disagree? Uh, do you have a specific topic that you wish that we would uh, for us to discuss? Uh, that goes for you all as well on Instagram Live. Uh, we're trying something new uh, on Instagram Live. So uh, be sure to follow us at down in the RGV uh, on Instagram. Also, don't forget to give the stream a like if you're enjoying it, and be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your grandma, whoever. Any Toros fans, share it. Let us let them know about the Down in the Valley episode and podcast. Now, if you do miss any portion of this podcast, be sure to find us uh, on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. And for those that are listening through the podcast audio or you on Instagram Live, we go live every Wednesday, or at least we try to, uh, at 7 p.m. on our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash down in the valley. Now, we have a lot of different topics that we want to talk about regarding the USL. And uh, let's go ahead and jump into the first one. And that is, we talked about this the last time we were together, which was two weeks ago for a show. And that is the USL pay cut dilemma. Now, there were a couple of updates that happened between now and that time regarding that, regarding that issue. Now, if you guys have no idea what we're talking about, basically what it was is that the USL reached out to the players, the USL Players Association, Association and they pretty much told them, hey, here's our two offers. Uh, you can take a pay, you have to take a pay cut if we want to, if we return. Uh, to the USL, you're probably get, you're more likely to have to take a pay cut, and also dealing with contracts, how that's gonna how it's gonna work if 
the uh, USL does not does not come back. Now, uh, this was all released on the Athletic thanks to uh, James Ruder or Jeff Ruder. I can't even speak like almost every time. Uh, but basically, his detail says that the league's original pro pro proposal called for pay reductions and rising increments of 20%. Any amount above 4000 per month could be reduced up to 80% after the first 1000 if provided housing or any amount uh, above 4300 per month. Uh, and then if the league canceled the season, its season before October 1st, uh, the pay uh, reduction above would apply for no more than 30 days from the date uh, of cancellation. Now, the U.S. the USLPA, uh, the Players Association decided decided it was frankly uh, em embarrassing by, uh, for the league to offer that. Uh, also, kind of like uh, offensive to some of these players, especially for those that earn very little in USL. Uh, so they came up with a counter proposal, and uh, after that, I think the USL also did a counter counter proposal uh, recently. Uh, and that article came out on May 20th. So basically uh, what they said was, is that um, basically they were calling for a pay cut for those that were, uh, where is it? Gaining above over $2,000, wasn't it something like that? Uh, here it is. Uh, counterproposal said, okay, so the USL player said, you know what? Here's our counterproposal. 10% uh, cut for players over 2000 a month, financial relief for their clubs, and a request for universal minimum salary of $20,000 uh, beginning in 2021. But guess what? The USL is like, no, we are not doing a we are not doing a universal uh, minimum salary. So basically, they did the counter counter proposal, which said, "Okay, uh, your first fifteen hundred dollars uh, of monthly wages, we're not going to touch that. You're not going to get a pay cut on those fifteen hundred dollars, right? But everything above that, you're gonna it's going to get cut thirty percent, right? No financial relief for clubs." And no minimum salary for 2021 in any agreement. Um, and would only guarantee two weeks of severance pay if the 2020 season was canceled. Jacob, I want to go with, first with you uh, with your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, so the USL is not the only ones doing pay cuts like that. Of course, the big thing was the MLB not too long ago making a pay cut i believe it was yesterday at the news broke and why i bring that up real quick is because players like bryce harper guess what their salary got cut in half so that those players that didn't get paid even remotely close could actually get you know paid their full amount so that's something that was pretty interesting and yeah it's just another type of pay cut and so yeah that that's an interesting pay cut for sure for the usl side of things it's one thing where for the most part the players who aren't making that much money yeah you give them their full amount of pay and if there's a couple of players that of course some teams which we all know they have brought in special players and even special coaches slash those in half 
it's almost as simple as that for at least a year. And then, of course, you can renegotiate the next year because we don't know what's going to happen in 2021. That's the main thing about this, in my opinion, is that yeah, you don't know what's going to happen in 2021. Why make something happen for – why make a deal that's going to happen for two straight years? So that's just something a little weird on my my point. But, yeah, other than that, I think it's kind of fair. Uh, it's just – they're going to have to make of course money and yeah i i understand if the 2020 season happens why are these players going to get paid but how does it work in the offseason because i don't really know if well let the players i guess i don't know have a little bit of an offseason and then train again it's it's strange that they will only get two weeks of severance pay so i would say maybe about a month would be necessary but yeah it's it's a little weird they could do it better but that shows you how much the USL necessarily isn't making. Right. Well, first of all, I'm going to applaud here to USLPA for trying to make something called a collective bargaining agreement to where the, the salaries are already touched up as they are for 2020 and also trying to set something for at least the following season because uh, w- one thing that that's uh, not being taken into consideration is like, okay, if the USL set to make anywhere from five to seven million on a new incoming uh, franchises, uh, 70 to 80 percent of that money goes to New Rock Holdings, which is apparently a parent company of the USL. Correct. And the they rest it from Nike. Uh huh. And then the rest of the uh, the rest of the money stays within the USL to quote unquote uh, for their operating expenses. Yet a lot of these teams, um, when they play the books, uh, they try they try to figure uh, things out as to how much they make per gate and, and what they don't. And one of the articles that Jeff uh, Reuter wrote uh, not too long ago is like some of the lower end teams make as about uh, make as much as about thirty thousand uh, dollars per night, and e- even some of the upper scale teams make anywhere from fifty up to a hundred thousand per night. It it just depends on on what team you ask. Uh, mm-hmm. Then again, there, I mean, there is no specific labels as to what teams they are. Now, th- that's where I kind of commend the USLPA as trying to throw in at least a band-aid agreement for at least this season and the following season. So that's kind of my stance on here is that I, I, I'll take the player's stance um, just because they have a set plan for every one of the players that are involved. Correct. And I think uh, Jeff Ruder mentioned it correctly, saying that most of the players in the USL, you know, they don't make those $100,000 contracts or anything like that. Most of them, they are pretty much the bare minimum, you know, maybe just a couple thousand above the poverty line. Right. Mm -hmm. So which is uh, the poverty line, which stands around 13,000. Correct. And yet the. the USL like bare minimum contract is like fifteen thousand. Correct. 
So it's like hovering right around there. So yeah, so I I, I, I uh, commend these players for uh, taking that sense and and, tr- and trying to build something for the future. Correct, and it says here in the article. So the 2020 federal poverty line for single adults is twelve thousand seven hundred and sixty dollars. Like you mentioned, many p- clubs play their players tenth month contracts of fifteen thousand a year, and a lot of these players aren't single either you know they've got they've got a family to feed uh, uh with uh, with that with that kind of wage and so they have to make ends meet you know trying you know i guess side hustles you know selling shoes or trying... giving clinics yes correct you know giving clinics uh, you know to try to make a little bit extra money to sustain themselves mm-hmm. so when you as a league Go to these players that are already struggling to make ends meet. Luckily, those there are some, like I said, that are provided housing. Now, imagine those that are not providing housing and still having to live with this with this kind of wage. And then the USL comes to them and says, "Oh yeah, you have to take you have to take a thirty percent pay cut with this offer." Okay, what the hell? You know. So say for so say for example, let me just give you a clear number. So one of the offers that was thrown out there by the USL, okay, if if you make a, a, a minimum of fifteen hundred, we're not touching that. But say for example, if your contract is worth uh twenty five hundred, guess what? We're gonna be grabbing uh three hundred dollars from the additional a thousand dollars more than you're making. So therefore, you're only making twenty two hundred instead of the 2500 that a player is supposed to make on paper it it's really i think it's really interesting but even then like 25 like like 25 a year is mm-hmm. really not that much no and 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 and, and, and take a look at it from, from this regard okay uh t- 25 if you're making 25000 for a a 10 year contract so take away three thousand dollars from there, get, give or take that thirty uh, percent bu- uh, uh, pay cut that they're negotiating. It's mm-hmm. uh, uh, it's probably the equivalent of a paraprofessional contract down here in the valley, give or take. I think when I I think when I left HEB before moving here to Houston, I believe I was I ended up making like what was it maybe like. 21 a year something like that maybe it wasn't even that it wasn't even that much and you know you're telling you're telling the you know you're telling these players that are going that are going they have to go you know through a high a highly strict regiment of you know uh nutrition uh fitness you know having to train almost every day and then and then uh playing games and they have to live with, you know, with, with money or like a salary that really isn't, isn't a lot, you know, a lot of, then a lot of them are going to have to go, well, you know, if I earn more money working, you know, full time at a grocery store or lo que sea, it's like, might as well go, might as well go and go ahead and do that, you know, because. Uh, I'm sacrificing a lot being a soccer player 
and I'm not making as much money as saving a manager of a store. You know, why should why 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 should I continue? Now, this happens a lot, I'm guessing, with indie clubs, because at least with MLS two clubs, you have that you have that that mentality of okay, I may not be earning a lot right now, but if I do good, and the parent affiliate, you know, watches you know watches me and is convinced to have me an MLS contract, okay, I'm gonna earn money more. But I need to sacrifice right now, you know, um, with my performance to hopefully get an MLS contract and earn my payday there. Yeah, and it's just something that, um, you know, it, it comes down to a dollar and cents uh, type of uh, type of thing, you, you know. And um, I mean, that that's why I'm kind of hoping that there's like, a resolution for a uh, for a collective uh, bargaining uh, bargaining agreement yeah. with for the players association. How long? I think uh, Jeff Ruder said it's been 15 months since the USLPA uh, was first recognized by the USL, and they have yet to agree on it on a CBA. Um, it these deals can probably uh, last. Anywhere, it, it can be a, a year-to-year thing. Mm-hmm. It can be a four-year thing. It, it, it just depends on on how well the USPA is structured and how those meetings are going. Mm-hmm. But, but the fact that it's been 15, like, has it really been, like, that, you know, rocky uh, of negotiations that it's been 15 years and they still haven't agreed on anything? Mm, it could possibly be because just remember, I mean, the USL has been a, ver- a very, very steady boat. Yes, they've lost franchises. Yes, they've gotten some of the newer ones, but uh, there just hasn't been a complete uh, players um, players association to where they can all collectively have a, uh, a union to where, okay, these are going to be all of our all of our minimum standards. Mm-hmm. So yes, he, he is right in that regard that there hasn't been a collective agree, uh, a collective bargaining agreement. I mean, a, a lot of these teams have been operating and now that the players association formed now there's, uh, you, you know, now there's some tensity from, from these independent clubs. What are you thinking right now, Jacob? I see you. Uh... Uh. Well, I mean, it's just it's interesting now. Ray brings up that point that it's probably a, or you brought up the point, and Ray added on to it that like the CPA hasn't even been agreed for close to fifteen years. If that's a even a possibility, which it looks like it has been. Yeah, you bring up a great point too that it's just like yeah, you're basically living on minimum wage is what it mm-hmm. seems like, and you're playing soccer. And even for these MLS two teams, yes, you'll probably be lucky and have a, you know, have housing or something like that. And you'll have something to get with. Now, of course, we all know a couple of players in RGVFC or at least last year had an MLS contract with them. I believe that's one of the players would be Kyle Adams this year. And so that kind of helps, of course, him with 
believe is I believe he kind of does have a family if it's not a girlfriend it's his wife or something like that and he's also got a dog to feed too so yeah it, mm. it's all these different things of yeah the USLA isn't making that much money in general and then you and then you look like, at I mean they are but they aren't and then you have to pay everybody so then it gets very scarce and then there's clubs that don't even have housing for their teams you look at Kai Green it's the same deal it's it's a total mess and it's going to be like that forever because that's what we know of minor league things as it's going to be struggling look at the i was going to say mlb but the minor leagues down there compared to as well as it, i mean it just it goes on we're not of course we're not an nba podcast but it's the same deal with the nba g league so mm-hmm. it, it's all this stuff that you don't necessarily think about too much but it, it it's crazy but I think my point, my point here, my disagreement is more along the lines of, okay, I understand there's going to be, you know, without games, there is no revenue for, for clubs. I believe we discussed it last time. The only revenue could be basically the ESPN, uh, the ESPN rights uh, with, with the USL, which we don't know what, what the amount is that was, uh, that was given to the league and how much of that money was actually distributed among the teams, right? So, in the case of H, in the case of the Toros, you can't have soccer, you can't have concerts, you can't have uh, uh, special events, meetings, or, or anything like that, or seminars that you can host, like at Bird Ogden Arena or at HB Park or uh, any kind of public activities. So. You don't have any alter, you know how you don't have any alternates of ways to uh, earn some income, you know, while while soccer is gone to at least you know maintain some sort of uh, balance on the balance sheet to pay off your expenses of you know of the building and of uh, of your staff. Okay, we understand that, but you also need to understand that these players have contracts that are legally binding and you as an owner you as a team you negotiated with this player your your the wage okay you established that you as a business owner you know that there's going to be some risks involved in soccer risk that you can control and risk you that you cannot control including a global pandemic Right? So, shouldn't some of these owners who are multimillionaires or billionaires in the case of MLS, shouldn't they be able to at least absorb some of this risk, at least for this year, and then try to make, make that money back the, the, the next, in the next couple of years? Well, I mean... To add to your point, too, or to kind of counter it just a little bit, is that these owners, yes, they're making a ton of money, but at the same time, if their businesses weren't necessarily like a bank or, and of course, RGBFC's case, that's the lucky part about it, that their main sponsor, the owner owns a bank. 
which is a, pretty great. A bank, a hospital, yeah, if a construction it's company. Yeah, if, so. it's stuff like, if it's stuff like that, that's awesome. But if it's places like a restaurant, then that could be a little bit of a problem. As in that's the owner that just owns a chain, as in they had to be shut down for a little bit and just have takeout and delivery, which in the long run, that didn't do too bad either. Yeah, so... I guess I'm kind of countering my own point now saying that mm-hmm. you're probably right <laughs> in yeah. that they could probably absorb some of it, but at that same time, and the saying always goes, they're not necessarily made of money, but who else is? It is a global pandemic. It has been crazy. It's turned everything on its head. So it, it could be half and half for sure. Like the USL has to step in just a little bit as well as the owners to kind of make ends meet. So moving on with the, um, you mentioned, and it's a good transition regarding to owners. Now, the last couple of days, um, the owner of Oklahoma City Energy FC released a public statement on social media that says this, at Energy FC, it is, to aim, it is our aim to live, breathe, and act with integrity. Our fans, staff, players, and community have, and will always be, our guiding light. And we work every day to make the community we call home proud. Right. The COVID-19 crisis has greatly affected all of our lives in countless ways. And as a professional soccer club, we have not been immune to the hardships it has presented. However, even in these difficult times, we have continued to honor our agreements with our players. Even when other teams have had to lay off or furlough their front office, cut programs and take pay cuts to maintain their operations. All steps that we have not taken. At the core of that decision is the understanding that as an organization, we are committed to standing together. Together with the USL League office, who continues to try and navigate these difficult and uncertain times, uh, together with our players, who we will continue to view as an important part of our family and community, together with our supporters who give this club life, and together with every other USL club and owner across the United States who is working every day to grow our league. As we have since our inception in 2014, we remain committed to working towards everyone's collective benefit and success. Hashtag we stand together, Bob Funk Jr. Basically what he's saying even with this hard times, nobody is getting a pay and nobody has been getting a pay cut so far. My question is, should all teams that have made this a similar decision, should all teams make a public statement just like Oklahoma City Energy for the sake of transparency? Or should this be something that only front office and the ownership uh, should know. I think the fans deserve to know a little bit, whether it's by USL or whether it's by, of course, you know, the, the teams, whether it's owners or just a team in general, because you got to know what's going on for at least your players too. And the public would like to know the media would like to know as well, considering how much the USL and this whole league kind of hides behind the door. And of course the teams do. We're talking further and further past injuries. Thank you, of course, Houston Dynamo for keeping that under secret when everybody else has an injury page filled with a couple of injuries. But moving past that, once again, it's just, yeah, I think players, fans have a right to know if certain players will most like, like, yeah, certain players will have to get their 
salary cut or something like that. And it's just a nice little thing of from Oklahoma city that they actually did something right too. So that's pretty cool by them. And I think every other team should follow. Ray. Um, I think it should be left to the clubs, regardless of affiliation or independence, uh, that they have. Um, Certainly, I had Ron Patel uh, on my podcast the other day, and he says that things are still as as normal for them. I mean, everything is continuing to, to march as normal. I mean, mm-hmm. players are attending their their practice sessions and in 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 different pods, but uh, I think it, it it's up to the club ultimately at at this point. But did he explicitly mention? Uh, that player contracts have been no uh, no I, I know where you were going with that question no but he says that that's that they that they've had staff like uh, doing their rounds w- with the stadium and making sure that it's disinfected uh, that uh, offices are be- are thoroughly okay. being clean and, and stuff like that so and 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 the, one of the things that he did mention that the players aren't even allowed to like reach the locker room areas. It's like arrive at the field, uh, be, be, be arrive at the, uh, arrive at the parking lot, uh, take your half mile walk to the practice facility and back. And mm-hmm. of course there is someone checking their temperatures there and whatnot. And, 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 and that's been their procedure as, as normal. C- correct. Which is something that, um, that was uh, confirmed uh, as well by uh, Coach Echeverry. Now let's assume let's assume that player contracts have have been uh, respected, and the players for RGV are still receiving their full value, their full wage, as established by the contract. Mm-hmm. Why have the Toros or Alonso Cantu? not made a public statement. I think we as fans, like Jacob said, I think we as fans um, would like to know that our players, our, our players, staff, coaching staff, members of front office are being uh, well, being well taken care of. I think like I, like well, I posted on Twitter, like I posted on Twitter, I think it would not only help uh, earn respect by the by the by the community, but also from the rest of the USL. Well, I could, I could think of it here as two ways. A, since it's not like a publicly uh, traded company, I don't think they're like forced uh, forced to uh, to to divulge any numbers. And even if you I'm put not, in like, uh, but or, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not expecting not, them. Not, to... not, no, I mean, regardless of, of information that we're wanting to ask, whether you go through it through the freedom of information, uh, public request or, or, or not, I mean, that I don't think there's like a, uh, re, like a responsibility to, to say anything on, on the matter. Um, not that I'm defending the club myself. Or anything, but the, I mean that's just the way uh, uh, a conversation that I had that I had at some point with uh, Greg Luca, formerly of the Monitor, told me like they're not 
like in any way, shape, or form obligated to uh, come out and say and say anything like that. And 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 only because they've they're operating under an LLC um, agreement for like uh, let's say um, the because let's put this for example the player mm-hmm. contracts are handled by the Houston Dynamo. Correct. Coaching staff, uh, trainers, everything that's all being handled by the Dynamo. Dynamo. Yes. Now as far as front office staff that's a whole different issue. So they they cannot respond for something that, let's say, I mean, they can respond to stuff that's like front office related, but not as far as players. The players, I think that would have to be a a a dynamo thing. So basically, what you're what you're saying is we'd be asking for a miracle for the dynamo to be transparent about it. Yeah, pretty much. As far as player salaries, yes. And, and technical and te- and and technical uh, and technical uh, directions uh, or or technical operations that's all Houston Dynamo responsibility at this point mm-hmm. so Harry uh, Harry says uh, players Being are Harry. getting paid yeah uh, who by the way says hi to everybody uh, but Harry says players are getting paid it's in their contracts that's why USL wants to deal. Is uh, because the USL has to pay the full contracts of the players. There is no force manure in the player contracts at this point. I'm not sure what he meant by that. Hopefully he can clarify. Now, also, there is a comment on the Instagram. Uh, first of all, I want to say hi to uh, Jake, uh, who's uh, who says, what up, yo? Uh, what's up, Jake? It's been a while. Uh, but Time to Burn Again also mentions, and he says, the clubs should come up with different ways to create revenue and offset player salaries. I would like to, honestly, I would like to hear what kind of, um, what, what kind of suggestions uh, for that, uh, how to do it. I think it's a, I think it's a good idea, you know, to try to find a way to uh, create some sort of alternative uh, income, but you know, Right now, the only income that the clubs are are making at this point is their online stores. Yeah. Correct. I, I'm looking at have... you. I'm I'm looking at you, RGVFC, which recently opened one. Yeah, I, I see your smirk, Jacob. But it, uh, it was a good idea, and it worked. And and believe me, I feel quite horrible for not placing an order yet. Uh, but um, that's about probably the only way that they're making any type of income at this point. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're selling their jerseys or masks, uh, co- uh, collectionable scarves, even the Somos Unidos uh, t-shirt, which I really like. I'm, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan of that shirt too. Uh, but that's probably the only way of income. Now, I don't know how it works in the MLS. Uh, I know that I know that they have like on fanatics.com their own team section. I'm pretty sure Lids has their section, two of MLS stuff, but it's just uh, something that I think all USL clubs are kind of like uh, re- responsible for. Mm-hmm. And I and yes, uh, the team store is considered, and I think that's that's what he mentioned as well. Time to Burning again mentioned he said jersey sales, and you know right now the best way to 
uh, earn some of that income with jersey sales is the online team store, which is torosteamstore.com, if I'm not mistaken. Um, there was actually yesterday uh, for Memorial, or two days ago for Memorial Day, throughout the weekend, uh, they had a uh, free shipping um, code for, for Memorial Day sale. Uh, ouch. Oh, stepped on my foot wrong. Uh, but, you know, really that's not a lot compared to what you make uh, in revenue with actual games. So uh, I think it still goes to show there might there might be some kind of way to kind of offset the cost. But if you have an owner that is uh, invested in honoring the contracts and honoring the, you know the the jobs that are currently uh, being or filled by the employees at this moment and not, you know, furloughing them. It goes, it, go, it goes to show, you know, how, how connected to the community, you know, these owners are, because at the end of the day, you know, billionaire, billionaire order owners, you know, they create, they create jobs, right? The jobs, you know, the function of these businesses can't be run without, uh, without people. Right, and I think it's a lot of. I think it's something that people that, that people forget when they say, "Well, it's because billionaires are job creators." Okay, yes, yes, they are, and they're an important uh, an important part of this economy of a capitalistic economy. Yeah, you create a, you create a business, you're creating jobs, right? But you can't handle a business efficiently if you don't have an, if you don't have uh, enough enough people or the, or the capable people to run it, right? And if you for for low players to save money because you don't want to hurt your 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 profits because a slow in sales for the pandemic and things like that, you know how are you gonna get? The, it's gonna be difficult to, to get these uh, to get to get this uh, these people back, right? So take care of take care of your employees, especially if they've done a really good job for you. Take care of them, you know, write it out. At least that's the way that's the way I see, it. and it's and it's easy for me to say because I'm not a billionaire. I don't have a business, so it's easy for me to say just write just write it out. But I think at the at the end of the day, you know, it's gonna pay off a lot better. It's gonna look a lot better on you, on your reputation, and you don't end up you don't end up with the reputation like I'd say Austin Bold uh, Austin Bold who furloughed their front office and their uh, general manager as well. So, so it looked bad. It looked bad for them. And uh, just take just take care of your players uh, for now, which I believe, as Harry was saying, uh, they are they are doing at this moment. But the the USL, the league in in general, was like oh, that's that's kind of too much kind of reaction to oh we have to pay their their full uh, worth of their contract now. Now let's try to see if we can reduce it. Like come on, that looked bad for a league that says that they're one of the most important second division leagues in the whole world. That looks really bad, at least in my opinion. Oh, yeah, it looks terrible, and especially coming, as always, from a team that's pretty new still, as in they basically had, what was it, their first season last year, if I'm not mistaken, or it was their second season. Whatever the case may be, yeah, of course, it looks terrible. And always, of course, coming from Austin, not shocking one bit, considering they're just dumb. You know, you say that, and you have uh, you have the uh, circuit of the Americas in the oh, background. Oh yeah, no, no, this track, this track's dumb too. It's there. There's no way the way that they the way that they've been able to work sometimes. 
considering that they've almost gotten shut down five different times because of the governor. So, yeah, mm. uh, it's it, it's fun. They finally stepped up their game. But that stadium that you can kind of see, the little turquoise stadium or whatever yeah. the turquoise background, yeah, they're not going to do too well if they keep that stuff up. Yeah, so like I said, I'm really hoping for an official uh, announcement, whether by the Dynamo or by the Toros front office regarding just I just want to I just want confirmation that the that the players that the staff are get, are being taken care of during during this time. Oh, I have it now. Also, I haven't heard any news saying, oh, people have been uh, or that there's been massive layoffs. So that's a good sign, too. Uh, but I just want that peace of mind, right? And if anybody's listening, if anybody from the Dynamo, if anybody from RGV is listening, that's just my personal opinion, right? I just yeah. want that peace of mind that our players are being are getting well taken care of, and their they your that their uh, contracts are being respected. That's all I ask. If it if you can do it, excellent. If you can't do it, okay, that's fine. You know. Thank you, Houston Dynamo. That's probably going to be the reason why you can't do. it. And that'd be, I'd be pretty, actually, I wouldn't be disappointed because when you get disappointed, it's because you were expecting something else and this no, a certain outcome it's, happened, it's just the but same it's thing. something we, ex- it's something we expect from the Dynamo. Yeah. I can't say I'm disappointed. Frustrated. No. Yes, but not disappointed. Yeah. Uh, so going back to the chats, um, let me go to Instagram first. Uh, Tundra Burnigan says, uh, so here, here's something I want, I want you to hear. Uh, kids jerseys could be signed by the players keep the players busy and maybe they can actually make a percentage off of their name don't they already make a percentage off their name in general as in like you go to the team store and i don't think so well i don't know i don't know how that i don't i don't know honestly how that how that works if that is the truth and that's back to the ncaa crap and guess what those players can sue I'm not even joking. That can uh, go into a whole legal thing. Yes, it, it indeed. Even though it's minor leagues, the, for sure. But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. I don't see. I I I don't see in the team store that they are uh, saying. I mean, you can get the customization, but they're not. That's they don't have. You, yeah, and you can decide. Okay, I want Chewy and Rico. Uh, Boo. Yeah, exactly. It, it was, I, that I want like that, that I want Chelo Martinez's number. Okay, you can yeah. decide. You can decide that, but it's not. It's not that. It's not that the team it's itself the last is name on the back. Yeah, but it's not that the team itself is like. Oh, okay, this is what we're offering. We're offering the Chelo Martinez uh, jersey jersey for uh, for you. You can get it customized like that, right? That's a that's a customer thing. But they're not explicitly offering that Chelo Mar- uh, that Chelo Martinez jersey. Uh, to to you, you'd have to get the customization by it, uh, you know, separately. And okay, I want my, it said Martinez thirty. And I think I'm not sure how that would work if because they get Mar- uh, Cello's name and number in the back, they get some sort of portion about it. But the team yeah. itself is not profiting off of their name, like saying, okay, this is the Cello Martinez uh, Cello Martinez's uh, jersey, and you can and you can buy it. Right? That's what I'm tr- kind of trying to trying to get uh, with with that. Um, yeah. Yeah, and real quick, you say that too. Uh, I remember, or well, I I bought a Portland Thorns jersey uh, before. By the way, I want to say, uh, sorry, real quick, I want to say hi to Andrew Samuels who's tuning in right now on uh, Instagram Live. I uh, hope you hope your recovery is doing really well, and I hope to, hope to see you back on the pitch soon, man. Yeah, and so going back, same of course here. 
Andrew Samuels, uh, hope to see you back on the pitch. Of course, this time probably helping you tremendously since, of course, well, we've only played one game technically, so that, that's a plus, plus as in we'll probably see you back. Well, Houston Dynamo played about three, but, yeah, we'll see you back on the pitch whenever this thing maybe resumes. Of course, don't push your injury. But, yeah, going back to what I was saying, and, yeah, I bought a Portland Thorns jersey, and, yeah, you could customize it, but it would say, like, you know, the players' names on the side is, and you pick from these types of players' names. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's where I guess I'm coming from, as in, yeah, it's partially that they should be getting, if somebody does choose an eight and does choose, like, Martinez on the back or something like that, they should be able to get it. I think they should too, but I believe that also has to do a lot with uh, how they uh, negotiate their contract. And because I think right now they don't have that specifically in the contract, that's why the team isn't offering. Because you're not going to get a pro, you don't want to get a profit directly from your players without them getting a certain percentage for using their or their image. Uh, in the uh, in order in order to make that money, you know, you you, under, you understand what I'm trying to say. That's why I don't think they're directly offering. Hey, here's your Chelo Martinez thing. You can get it. You can get it customized like that. But you know, they're not offering like in the team store. Oh, the Chelo. Here's the um, he, here's the Timo Melich jersey or anything or anything like that. Um, okay, let me. By the way, gave us a heart. Andrew gave us a heart. Uh, It'd be interesting. It, it would be interesting to get some sort of confirmation how that would work, and if that is exactly what's happening. If players can get some sort of percentage, or can potentially get some sort of percentage off of merchandise sales, if it directly uses their name and number, basically their image, mm-hmm. to sell that jersey, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I think, I you know outside the box with no knowledge at absolutely whatsoever from the conditions in that contract. I don't think that's, I don't think that's happening. Um, now I do know, like we mentioned that some of the alternatives are, you know, with the players, uh, they create their own clothing, you know, they, they create their own brand, which they put their on their clothing and they can sell, uh, or, or any of those, any of those things where they have more of a direct control over their brand image. Uh, in order in order to sell some additional merchandise uh, to get some sort of additional revenue uh, but that's but that but that's about it uh, Harry let, let's not talk about that okay uh, but okay but Harry actually um, reinforced or actually explained what he meant about force manure he says force manure means that or meant that the USL has no out clause due to not playing. So basically that there is no pandemic exception in the contracts where, yeah. which allows the, the, the league to say, okay, you're not playing. I'm not going to pay you because it's in the contract. They don't have a clause that, that, that uh, exempts them from paying them because they're not playing. Yeah. So that's why they want to negotiate. I think that's what, uh, that's what he is trying to say. Yeah. That, that makes 100%. That, that makes total sense. They don't want to lose that much money. I think we talked about it too, but it's true. You're still mm-hmm. a business at the end of the day. Cut your losses uh, as much as possible. 
Yeah, de definitely. Um, Ray, any quick thoughts before we move on? Uh, none at all here. None, none for me as far as uh, the likeliness of a player um, profitization or anything like that. But uh, let's move on to the next topic, please. <laughs> 